Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. When I was asked to do this, I said, what will I speak on, you know, and... And I was told to speak on making the year count. And the first question I asked was, which year? This, this one has passed. <laughs> you know, but of course, we are, we are speaking to the new year. Um, and I think that there's no time better than now for us to have these conversations. Because by the time we're in, by the time the calendar turns and we're in 2022, it will be, you know, too late to begin to talk about making the year count because by then we should have hit the ground running and you know so um, I said I was going to ask us that what comes to mind when we hear the when we hear this topic making the year count what comes to mind making the year count anybody It is a conversation. It's not a. It's not the right. And um, don't worry. Nelson has a. It's not a. It's not a. <laughs> there, there are no right or wrong answers. It's just your. It's just your perspective. Okay, um, Jeffrey. Um, what, when you say making the year count, can you uh, explain like making it meaningful or? Yeah, that's why. That's what I want to. Because I think. I think. <laughs> You know what I'm asking? Because I think... Because you're pushing back the question. I think whether we like it or not, the year must count. <laughs> People are counting if you're not counting. No, no, no. no. So. I don't think it's... I don't think it's... it's um, yeah, I don't think it is like counting down... Counting so down that's what I'm asking. The, no, no. What does it mean to you when you hear making the year count? Is it counting down the year? Counting down the days? I mean, that, 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 that is not a wrong answer, you know, but what does it mean? I think the first thing that comes to my head is... Um, making the most of the time that you had. Um, obviously, we're not confined to a year, but mm. when you're dealing with people, systems of the world, yeah. you know, everyone uses a calendar of some sort. Right. So in, within that given period, what are the things that you are expected to have achieved or accomplished mm. um, from the start of the period to the end of the period? Um, I think for me that's what comes to my mind. So both your goals and um, things that are expected of you, either from society, from your company, from your family, and even more importantly, from God. Um, so yeah, just meeting up with the expectations. Mm. That's a good one. Anybody else? He has pretty much said everything. He has pretty much said everything. <laughs> Jeffrey, why now? <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, for me, when, uh, when the topic came to me, apart from the first question, the second question that came to mind, apart from the first question that I asked, uh, what year are we making count? <laughs> the second question that came to mind is, what is a year? You know, what is a year? And um, these things are really um, pretty simple things that we... You know, we use in our conversations and we probably just gloss over once in a while. But when the mantle falls on you to share the word like this, you have to really go back and <laughs> begin to ask these questions. 
and I did a quick glance at my dictionary and I realized, like Jeffrey said, that a year is a period of time containing 365 or 366 days. Are you laughing, Isikana? You know, so um, so without the days, you know, in the year, oftentimes when we speak of, what, what I say to me is that oftentimes when we speak of making the year counts, we think of like a whole calendar year, but we fail to realize that in that calendar year um, are actually days that, that, you know, culminate, you know, to make it one year. Um, so the other <laughs> meaning I saw there is a period of time Again, time, a period of time it takes for a planet, e.g. Earth, mass to revolve, to orbit around the sun. Um, and I like that Jeffrey used time in his um, explanation. Um, I like to think of time as, um, as a God idea, as a God design. However, clock calendars, all of these uh, tools that we use to measure time is actually a human construct. Um, if we go to Genesis chapter 1 verse 14, uh, we'll see where God created the God created a large light and a small light and he divided it and he called it day and night so that we are able to tell time, seasons and years. And then Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 also says that to everything upon the earth there is a time and a season. And I think that is the way that God designed it. Um, having this understanding would help us to um, know, help us to know where, where we, where we um, or, or how we play our part. Um, even though we have been, even though we are functioning, we are existing in this time capsule called earth you know we are not necessarily our essence is not necessarily of this time capsule in other words the um, yes you know that was the components that make us transcend this time so that when this earth expires after all is said and done we'll continue to exist we'll continue to live however Whilst we are in this time capsule, we have to function, we have to make it count, and not just count down the days. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And it's funny, you know, but the truth is that the reality, and in fact the reality is that a lot of people are, all the days count down the days, from January till December, every year, they count down the days. Some of them are Christians, you find them in church, you know, counting down the years, and in 20 years, there has been no significant, um, there has been no significance in their life, you know, even though they have 20 years Christian experience, you know, so 20 years working experience as a Christian, you know, they have the CV, they have it in their CV to show, but there's really nothing significant in their life, and they're just counting down the days, um, I don't know who said it, um, I can't remember now, he said that some people, die at 25 and are buried at 75 you know that's 50 years they die at 25 they stop existing at 25 but they are buried at 75 you know and if you see those people's obituary they'll say life well lived <laughs> um, so um, 
how do we then make the make the year count? How do we then make the year count? And I think that's what is critical is not necessarily the year. What is criti what is critical is actually making our life count in the time that we are here. Okay? Because time will always come. Time will always go. Time will come to pass. That makes any sense. You know, the 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 clock will always revolve, will always roll, the, the earth will always orbit the sun. But what is critical is that we redeem our life in this time that we are. And how do we do that? How do we do that? This is an important conversation because um, like I've like we've established it we are we are in this world but not of this world. So we cannot um, we cannot function like the people of this world. You know, we are in this we are in the world but we are of a different kingdom. So we must function, you know, like people that understand who they are. We must function like God in this world. Um, sometimes I imagine that um, we can be preeminent in the way we function. You know, we can function outside the confines of time, you know, so that we are able to affect time, you know, to be able to um, do the things or create the changes or make the impacts that we want to make in our, in our world. Otherwise, we'll abuse the time that has been given to us because time essentially is a resource, you know. Um, for instance, we, we know of Hezekiah who asked for extra years to his life and he was given and it was even better than he wasn't given those years because he abused it you know he literally just sold his people over to slavery as a result of um, that and I think that it comes down to an understanding of our time so I um, in my in my meditation as I prepared I outlined about five things that I, five points that I thought to share with us as we um, discuss this. Um, how do we make our life count as a way? And, and, and the first thing that came to mind is for us to dial back to source. Everything starts and ends with God. Everything starts and ends with God. It's easy to say, um, have goals, have visions, have um, New Year resolutions. You know, have make plans. You know, <coughs> but the Book of Proverbs says to us that um, many are the plans of a man, but the Lord's will will be done. So it's it's important to have all of these things, but what is the basis of it? You know, it's important to listen to a lot of motivational talks about how you can succeed in the year, but what is the motive behind the ovation? Because motivation, for me, is essentially an ovation of your motive. You don't agree? Okay. <laughs> really, it is... I mean, if you motivate a fool, you have a motivated fool. <laughs> you know, if you motivate a wise man, you have a motivated wise man. So um, he will only act on the motives, you know. So um, motivation is good, but it doesn't cut it. So the first place to start is to dial back to God. Is to dial back to God. Um, Romans 11.36 says, 
Can we can we open that and read? We've not we've not read the scripture. I told you that I'm not your conventional <laughs> man of God. <laughs> Romans eleven thirty six. Romans eleven thirty six. Anybody see it before me can read. Eleven thirty six. Okay, I think I've seen it. He says, and because God is the source and sustainer of everything, everything finds fulfillment in him. May all praise and honor be given to him forever. Amen. I'm reading from, I read from TPT, actually. And because God is the source and sustainer of everything, everything finds fulfillment in him. So, um, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6, a popular scripture also says that trust in the Lord in all your ways. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. You know, so imagine that we are trying to make the year count without first starting with God. Because in him, we live, move and have our being. You know, imagine that we are trying to make the year count and we've already put down our vision board and, and everything and we are visioning and everything we are seeing is all about us. You know, everything has to start from God. In fact, what I think, what I think is that um, your whole vision of what you want to accomplish in the year is not necessarily in the things you do but in the person of Christ that you are becoming in that allotment of time called 365 that is a year so it is not so much as in what you achieve you achieve you get a better job you get um, you get married you give birth to a child it is not so much as in what you achieve it is in who you become because regardless of what you accomplish or regardless of what you accomplish you, you do not necessarily achieve nothing if the process does not make you better so for instance you get um, $100,000 next year by the first quarter of next year and in the process you um, in the process you you derail from this path that we are on you do something very nasty you miss the point of it all what would be the what would be the goal what would be the what would be the what would be the what would be the, the output of that praise God so it has to start from God, guys. It has to start from God. You have to start, first of all, dial back to source. And it's also important to recognize that God is not only our source, God is our sustainer. God is our supply. God is our answer. If that makes any sense. In other words, we, we don't pray to God for answers. We pray to answer to manifest. Praise God. Okay. So, um, the second thing that I put down here is that we have to also quickly realize that nothing is new under the sun. Nothing is new under the sun. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9 says that nothing is new under the sun. So that if you think that you are trying to invent something new or something different will happen, for instance, since the Y2K year started, there's been 
one event after the other, one event after the other. And it would look like um, these things are new, you know, it would look like it, it is, it would look like they shook the world, it would look like, but um, the, the, the economic depressions that has happened in the last 20 years or so, they are not the first economic depression. There have been depressions, economic depressions before then. Pandemics have happened. There have been pandemics before then. Bomb blasts have happened. There have been killings before then. So these things are just challenges that we, we don't learn from history. You know, the lesson that we learn from history is that we don't learn from history. <laughs> so, so these things keep happening and then they shake the world and people are panicking and people don't, you know, but... Um, the Bible says that they that know their God, they shall be strong and do exploit. You know, the Bible speaks of um, the, the sons of Issachar. They understood the times. They knew what should be done. You know, and they did it. Okay, so um, no, there's really nothing new under the sun. This year, there's been celebrity drama here and there. Next year, there will be celebrity drama. This year, our government has been tough, tough. And next year, they will. Be, okay, God forbid. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Next year, Buhari will behave himself and everything will just go on well. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Okay, so, um, you know, um, there was, there was, this year there was an Obi Kubana, next year there will be somebody else. Last year it was Hush Poppy. Or was it this year? So there was always something that would make the news, you know, to, there will always be a legitimate distraction, okay? There will always be a legitimate distraction. Yeah, I call them legitimate distractions. Yeah, that's she was legitimately distracting me, right? <laughs> what? What a timing. <laughs> what a timing. <laughs> what a timing. Well done. Well done. <laughs> well done, Fubi. Thank you for legitimately distracting me. <laughs> okay, so there always be legitimate distraction. And the idea is that the idea um, of the devil is that we give our attention, which is basically our time, to those things and lose sight of the things that are really critical, you know we begin to chase those things, we begin to give our time to those events, those dramas, those things, and lose sight of what is really critical. I think it was um, during the last mold break, um, Paris said something very significant. He says that we are in the era of the harvest, we are in the season of harvest, and um, the times that we are in requires harvest thinking. In other words, there has to be a sense of urgency to, um, to the fulfillment of our life assignments, to the fulfillment of our purpose. You know, there has to be a sense of urgency. The way you hurriedly harvest so that um, the crops do not get spoiled, you know, so that you can prepare for another planting season. It's the same way that we have to hurriedly go around our, our assignments. And if you really understand this, you'll see that there is a need for us not to give our energy not to give our time currency, our attention to these legitimate distractions because we can call them all sorts of names. Oh, it's just a few, it's what is trending, you know. It's, you know, there's always a fine name that, you give, that we give to these things, but at the end of the day, do they 
um, do they speak to your essence? Do they help you um, fulfill God's purpose in your life? Okay? Do they help you fulfill God's purpose in your life? And I know I spoke about starting with God, dialing back to source. Um, oftentimes we think of um, purpose as our purpose. But the purpose is not our purpose. It is only the creator that gives meaning to its to creation. So the purpose is God's purpose for our lives. Okay. Another thing that I want us to, um, another point that I, I'm quickly running through them so that we can now see, um, talk, ask questions, give feedback, make contributions. The, the third um, point that I outlined here is to, for us to be armed with um, weapons of interpretation and intentionality. Interpretation and intentionality. Um, largely how we interpret life the lenses through which we view life is how we are able to relate to life so that um, for some people life is what is happening to them. To some other people life is what is happening for them. So the question is, is life happening to you or is life happening for you? You know, to some people, um, life is what is, life is the events and circumstances happening around them. To some other people, life is how they are responding to those events and circumstances. So how we interpret life matters. And this is critical to how, this is critical to helping us make the year count. Okay, how we interpret the events that are happening around us. Because these things, you can't stop them. They will happen. Life will happen. Things will happen. They will happen. But how do you interpret these things? From what lens are you viewing these events? The same water that Jesus walked on was the same water that was almost going to drown Peter. How do you interpret the events that are happening around you? So how we interpret life is very critical. And, and a lot of things, you know, form how, how we interpret life, like our social construct, um, our families, our environment, our education, whether or not there is, or the quality of it or not, you know, um, our religion, you know, it forms how we interpret life. Um, a certain group of Christians that's, interpret life like they are in a war, you know, and everything has to, everything has to go up in flames. You know, it is, you see? I should not pass through the colors. <laughs> I should say it as it is. <laughs> you know, so everything has to go up in flames. Um, I'm sure you get it. I'm sure you, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, you know, there are other people that believe that, you know, um, everything has to be quenched with, with holy water. You know, that the fires have to be quenched with holy water. There's so much fire burning and the fires have to be, fire has to be quenched with holy water. So how you, and, 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 and you see that that is how they actually respond to life. That is how they interpret life. There are people that cannot make certain moves 
You know, there are people that cannot close certain deals because they believe that it is not God's will for them. How they interpret life, how we interpret life is critical. There are people that think that when they're going through um, tough situations, they think that they are being buried, you know, or they think that they are, you know, they are being buried, yeah. Why are there some people that think that they are being planted? I don't know if that makes any sense. So how we interpret life, some people come to life feeling like the victims. Some people come to life feeling like um, actual conquerors, people that are more than conquerors. So how you interpret life matters. And in making the year count, it is good. It is critical. The lens is through which you interpret life. Jesus comes um, after preaching to about 5,000 men. We don't know the number of women, children sees a multitude of people that are really hungry and need to be fed. And his response is, feed them. What's the response of his disciples? Even if we contributed all the money we have, even if we scarcity. So how do you come to life? Like one who was given life and life abundantly, or like one who has been stolen from killed and destroyed. But these are the realities. In fact, we are even going to interface with this kind of people every day. And they will try to impose their worldview on you. But if you don't understand how to interpret life, if you don't understand how to interpret circumstances, you would always be at the disadvantage. You always be at the disadvantage. How did you interpret life when um, during the global pandemic, during the, during the global lockdown, for instance, anybody mind to share? How did you interpret life? Jeffrey, you're shaking your head. <laughs> huh? You don't really talk. You can talk again. <laughs> you can talk again. How did you interpret life? Anybody mind to share? Okay, um, I think by the I think by the second week of the lockdown, I had this thing in my mind. Um, I was like, okay, Nigeria is gone. Like Lagos is gone. One. Why? Because I know from what they told us about how the spread will go, and because I know Lagos, so I was like, I'm on Lagos, don't finish you, because people there are too many people in Lagos and all that, but. But that time, nothing had happened. So I was thinking, and then, and I, was, I started thinking, like, so God, what exactly is going on? So in my head, this is what I thought. I was like, two things. Is it not yet the end? Or God will do the usual thing. We will come out of this, and then it will make us stronger, better people. I said that two things, that in the next two, three months, everywhere, everywhere, everybody will be infected, and it is over. Yeah, that's what I thought. It will be over, but if that doesn't happen, that means... It will be apocalypse. God will see us through, and then we'll be fine again. I you know, sure that's you don't see too much <laughs> President Evil movies then. No, 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 no. But really, if you, if, you, if, you, if you look back from what they told us about how it will spread, I know Lagos. Come on. Have you been to the markets? I know different places. Like, and you see the way they're trying to distribute some of these things. Like, the thing will be flying all over the place. 
And but he didn't happen. I was like, okay, there's something. But let's leave that. So, but that's what I thought anyway. And I was like, I was, I was fine. For me, I was fine because I was like, yeah, I'm in a good place. I'm okay. We'll be with the Lord. Nothing to happen. I'm good. That was just for me. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else might need to share? How did you? Okay. Let's, let's hear from Miss Ikan. So basically, at the time the lockdown started, I just started like a new job in January and I was stressed and tired. So I saw it as a period to sleep. So <laughs> that's what I, I was thankful. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, people were dying here, yeah, but I was thankful for like the, the, break. the break for sleep. Yeah, <laughs> so that was what I was thinking about. <laughs> Okay. Same as you. Same as you. Uh. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, different strokes for different folks, yeah. So, um, so for, for for a lot of people, they were panicking. Okay, they didn't know what was happening. Like they were confused. You know, they were literally confused, and it was affecting their decisions. I mean, you saw people struggling for toilet paper. You saw people punching soup, you know, because of toilet paper. I mean, it was affecting. So the point is how you interpret circumstances and situations around you will influence how you would react, how you would respond. I mean, not react, because react oftentimes is reflex, but response is premeditated. In other words, you've taken time to analyze the situation and seen a couple of scenarios and then you are giving it the best response per time. Okay, so um, so that is with um, interpretation. In the coming year, you would want it would help for us to know how to interpret events and circumstances around us because they would help to, like the Sons of Isaka that I just spoke about. <coughs> it, ke it keeps you at an advantage point. It um, I spoke, I, I mentioned preeminence when I was starting out. It helps you to be preeminent. And I don't think it is out of place to say that we can be preeminent because as he is, so are we. Our father is preeminent, so we can be preeminent. And when I speak of preeminence, I don't know if you've seen this um, Flash, Flash series or Batman or something. You know, when, for instance, when they trade that at them or they fire a weapon at them, you know that moments in the movie or in the, where everything slows down and it looks like they step out of reality and then they and the bullets is, and you know they pick everything or they arrange the, this thing and then they now and everything and the, and the video comes back to play again and the bullet just falls and it's like and the boss is like ah, what, what happened like that is how we should be as children of god really that's how we should be as children of god so that when the devil throw those fiery darts at us. We see it coming. Uh, I know what you're doing. I know what you're planning. I know what, I mean, I've seen the end already from the beginning. I think that is what it means to be preeminence. And it helps if we interpret through the lens of Christ. Okay, if we can interpret through the lens of Christ, every interpretation through the lens, not facts and figures, not, yeah, it happened in the year 1984. Two million people were wiped out in the first week. Facts, they're correct. But are they the truths? So our whole life must be based on the truth of God's word. Our interpretation of life must be based on the truth of God's word. Intentionality also speaks to purpose. 
you know, we must be armed with interpretation and intentionality. Intentionality speaks with purpose. You cannot be, um, you can be, you can, you, you might not be working in purpose, but you are still intentional about what you are doing. You know, you are meticulous. But what I mean intentionality in this case, I mean intentionality like from the from the point of people that understand their purpose. You know, people that understand why we are here, so that every avenue, every opportunity, every event is an an opportunity to make God known. Because that's our purpose. Right? Right? That's our purpose, to make God known. During the, during the pandemic for me, I was hosting all sorts of webinars. <laughs> because I could, the fear was palpable. I could feel it in the atmosphere. I could feel it everywhere. So I felt like, okay, what do I do in this moment to help you? I mean, I was having, I was bawling. You know, I was having the time of my life. I was resting, like you said. <laughs> you know, and I was, um, and I was, I was writing my book. And I was, so there was, I was just, and I was like, how do I help? And people were spreading all sorts of news, everything. You know, that was their response. That was their reaction, rather. You know, that was their reaction. They spread it. Ah, some people said Jesus. Some people said it's 5G. Some people said all sorts of things, you know. And it was not making the situation better. I, I started those webinars. Who clicks reset? <laughs> Someone has clicked reset in the world, you know. And everything for me was just an avenue to sell this idea of God, you know, to push this agenda of God for me, everything. Even though it was from a more intellectual perspective, it was not necessarily spiritual, you know, um, events, but I was using it to push my agenda of God, using it to make God known, okay? And then from there, I, I, I wrote an e-book. Before I even completed my book, I wrote an e-book, and then I started teaching people about purpose. You know, and of course, I can't teach people about purpose without telling them their, about their source. You know, I, and I had Muslims join, you know, these programs. I had people that had lost track with God join these programs, and in the process, they got reconnected back with God. You know, and and for me, that was me fulfilling purpose. You know, so everything you have to be intentional about in your job. Your, be intentional about making God known. Making God known in your job is simply doing an excellent job. And they ask you, cut soap for me. And the only soap you know is God. You know, I mean, it's as simple as that. Not necessarily, you know, tying your, <laughs> your head or wearing, or, you know, the Christianese or playing the parts, but actually just allowing God to flow through you, you know, in the way you talk to people in the way you greet people, in the way you basically interpret and respond to, to, to the world, you know. Um, and to just to chip this in when it comes to um, interpretation, I think I learned this from a mentor. He said that um, there's a formula to life and it is E plus R1 or R2 equals to O. Uh, where E stands for the events and circumstances of life, which are which would always they would always happen, and R1 stands for either R1 is your response, R or R2 is your reaction, and O is your outcome. So E plus your response or reaction equals to the outcomes that you have in life. You see how people manage a small small issue and then it snowballs into something else, you know. You see how people, um, um, I don't know if you've seen the news recently about the 
Australian socialite that was beaten by a Nigerian mosquito. And today she's amputated. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you you probably you probably you probably look it up it's in the news. Um, but um, I mean she's amputated on both feet today. I mean, and that was out of mismanagement. Yeah. She came to Nigeria. She visited Nigeria. The mosquito beat her. Then two weeks later, she. No, she she started feeling it in London or New York, and then she she and then she, but when they traced it, it was sharp malaria, and you know they don't have mosquitoes there, so they traced it back to Nigeria. You know. <laughs> oh, they have mosquitoes, but they, okay. So don't 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 be so surprised for me. <laughs> but the point I was trying to make with that still is that. It was a mismanagement of this that culminated into cutting off somebody's two legs today, you know. And thank God she has money. You know, so our responses are very important. All right. Um, the fourth outline that I have here is engaging the divine technology of imagination and visualization. I call imagination a technology, you know, that is... Um, that's that's the world is just catching up to now. Anybody heard of metaverse? <laughs> that's, I call imagination technology, a divine technology. You know, because the Bible says that whatever this one's imagine, nothing can stop them from achieving. So imagination, like Pastor Martin said some time ago, he said it is a. Um, a vision of a preferable destination. So when you bring the two words together, imagine destinations, imagine nations, imaginations. So it is actually creating visions, creating images of um, better scenarios. Better scenarios. So in making the year count, in making our year count, it's important that we engage this technology. Unfortunately, this is not something that a lot of Christians, a lot of people, you know, do. We don't engage our imagination. We don't engage our imagination. We just ride with the flow as it happens, you know, let's just go. We don't engage our imaginations. If you engage your imaginations, Habakkuk 2, right? Habakkuk 2 says that I will stand upon my watchtower and I will hear to see what the Lord will say to me. So oftentimes when we receive answers from God, we receive them in images. You know, but we don't necessarily, um, I don't know, maybe because of the inundation of the, the messages that we've been hearing over time, we want to hear a still small voice. Want, and I'm not saying God doesn't speak to us in those. I'm not saying God doesn't give us promptings in our hearts. But there is actually a technology that we're not even making use of. And tomorrow we'll all jump on Metaverse to see certain things, you know. But then <laughs> there is imagination that is more advanced, way more deeper than Metaverse. And I know this because we have the Holy Spirit who will show us things to come. And it's free. Thank you. And it's free of charge. So in, in making our year counts, this is a 
this is a tool that we will really require, that we will really need. Take it more seriously. I know we know about it, but now more than ever, we have to take it more seriously. When you see those images, note them down. You know, note them down. When you see those images, note them down. Um, I like to say that man exists on, and by man I mean um, the human male and female exists on three planes. Um, we exist on the conscious plane, which is a uh, um, level of the five senses, right? Sight, touch, taste, feel, and you know, and the works <coughs> on the subconscious plane. And I think that Pastor um, Toby has done justice to this, you know, which is which is the plane of our mind, you know. Um, and then there's the superconscious plane. And I, the first time I said this to, I think it was in, in the, the men's forum, you know, I mean, <laughs> the guys were laughing and sniggering at me, and I was like, okay. <laughs> this, the third one is the superconscious plane. The superconscious plane is the plane, of, is, is, the, um, is the level of the supernatural, which is really our natural realm. It is the, it is, it is the place of our essence, you know. And at that plane, yeah, Everything is possible. At that plane, there is no limit. Okay? There is no limit to anything we can do. You know? Now, the subconscious plane, which over time, over the years, have been too much emphasis have been laid on that part so that it looks like that is the best, the best thing out of this world, is actually like a portal, like a gateway. It's actually like a gateway you know, a gateway between the superconscious and the conscious, you know, so that if we do life from the superconscious level, that is, we're literally Jesus Christ walking, or we walk on water, we'll do anything. That is what we should be doing. Yeah. But are we doing that? That's the idea. Why? Because we are still limited by our subconscious. Our subconscious tells us that there are certain things you can't do. There's gravity, there is this, there is that. There's that. But the superconscious level is the level where you are, like a, like a um, you know, at the, you know when we are children, our subconscious level is like a canvas, like a blank canvas. No, nothing has been, has been, no stain, nothing has been. So that's why you see children, they can dare, they can do anything because I'm telling you, they will stand on the chair, they will climb here, they will jump down. I don't know what they are thinking. <laughs> they are not thinking, you know, they are not rationalizing it, you know, because they believe that somehow, maybe they watch one Spider-Man, they believe that they can fly, you know. But that's, that's, what, that's what we should do. So in, in this, in this when, we, when we imagine, when we visualize, basically what we are doing, and, and the way you can do this is by spending time in meditation. Okay, when you, what we do is that we're actually downloading, actually downloading images from, because you cannot see beyond what you know. So oftentimes if you think that it stops at your subconscious level, what you're doing is that you're just regurgitating images that you've probably seen from your environment, from the things around you. But when you really spend time pressing in, you're actually downloading images from your superconscious level. And that is the realm of God. You know, that's the realm of your essence. So you're downloading images there. That's why I say you should take it seriously. 
you know you're downloading images there and those images now become templates for you to be able to function at an advantage in the world and actually make the year count praise god okay finally um we would be finally the last one is um execute obsessively and consistently because um, there is a danger in actually now enjoying this imagination this tool of imagination and we get lost in that metaverse <laughs> sorry that i'm using these tabs you know i will just become you know we just enjoy imagining things oh i have a dream oh my god lovely oh i see this and you know you're just there and then you've turned to you've lost touch of reality really you know, you've turned to a daydreamer. You know, all you did is fantasize. Oh, so guys, guys, I have this idea. Man, if you see in my sleep, I saw this thing. I was building castles in the air. So, so what happens after? But it's really possible to do that. But what happens after that? You know, what happens after that? So execute obsessively. And this is in, this is in line with the character of Jesus. Jesus in... At the age of 12 years old, in Luke chapter 2, verse 49, was found. His parents lost him, and then they found him, and then they tried to scold him. And he says, why are you looking for me? Don't you know I will be about my father's business at the age of 12? He was obsessive about it from that young age, you know, at the age of 12. Don't you know I'll be about my father's business? I think that where the rubber hits the road is really where we are able to translate ideas, you know, from the potential states to kinetic states. You know, if we are going to make the year count, then we have to really act on those things. What are the ideas that you have been keeping for a set time or a set word? <laughs> what is that idea that you have been refining and polishing and waiting till it is perfect? And oftentimes our definition of perfection is even flawed because perfection for me is um, perfection for me is the part of the righteous that shines brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter onto a perfect day. So it continues to get better. Perfection for me is the is the um, is perfection for me simply means continuous improvement. So that there is nothing as there is nothing that cannot be improved upon in the world. So if you if that if we understand this, then why are we keeping the idea? Why are we keeping that dream? Why are we carrying that pregnancy beyond time? Some pregnancies have turned cops. Steel bones, thank you, you know. Why? <laughs> yeah, you didn't burn it. <laughs> you didn't burn it. <laughs> You know why? Why are we why are we doing that? How do we make the year count when we cannot move from when we cannot execute on on our on our set goals? When we cannot execute on our set goals. So we understand that we have to start from God. We understand that at the end of the day, it's God's plan. You know, it's not necessarily our plan. It's God's plan. It starts from God. So that the money that you have that you're going to make, the reason why you the reason why you even the reason why others are making money is different from the reason why like your reasons are now defined because you know it starts from source and you know that that source is your supply. So the reason why they are chasing things, the reason why they are your drive is different. So when we understand this, 
you know that I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to, but the money is to be able to advance the cause of Christ. You know, and then the house and the cars and every other thing that I'm going to have are now tools. Because for me to be able to do this at the level that God is showing me, I need to be able to live comfortably. Otherwise, that becomes the goal. So after that, what next? If it's about smashing goals, after that, what next? So you've smashed the goals. So next year, you set another goal. You smash the next year. So at 20 years, you set goals, and then you, are just, you just wake up one morning, and you feel like taking your life. So it's not necessarily about the goals. The goals now become milestones to be able to become, not to be able to achieve, no, to be able to become, because the, 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 the vision is about us growing into, into the matured state of Christ. Does this make any sense, guys? So that if you accomplish everything that you want to accomplish in the year and nothing in you tends towards Christ, then you've really not you've really not achieved anything. For what shall it profit a man? If he smashes all his goals in the year and loses his soul and lose touch of what really matters the most. So um this is a point of mine, I hope I've convinced and not confused you. <laughs> I would like to take feedback reactions at this point. Um I hope that it was um I hope that we've been able to, I mean, this topic is extensive, really. Um, I am careful not to, not to go deep, 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 so that um, we don't digress. But if you have questions, contributions on any of the points that we've touched on, um, feedback, let's, let's share. Let's share in the few minutes more, a few minutes left that I have. Thank you for me. I was going to wonder. <laughs> Hi. 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 Ah, much better. Hi, everyone. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know, mine is. I think a, a little bit of a contribution and a question. I think I love what you were talking about, that super conscious. And it reminds me of just the place of the spirit, living from the spirit, right? From the inside out, right? And I've really been trying to get into that point. And I realized that I think it's a mix of the mundane and the supernatural. And I say that because the mundane is, like you said, the not being distracted, the keeping your focus and your attention on that realm right and it's in the prayer it's in the meditation it's in the confession it's in the study of the word those are a little bit too um, cliche is in the eating is in the is in the thinking is in the yeah um comes to mind top of my head romans 12 1 message translation take your everyday life your eating drinking going to work everyday life, sitting in the bus, sitting in the cab. Sometimes I'm standing at the bus stop waiting for a ride and I'm just giggling because I'm having crazy conversations about the moon. And God is teaching me lessons, you know, from a child that is giggling, you know, or from a conductor that is shouting and is trying to slap someone. God is teaching me, you know, profound lessons about life, 
you know, about business, about <laughs> you know the craziest things, you know, from those situations. So it's so it, that's like saying, um, you know, what you're saying is like saying we have to have a quiet time. Quiet time is important. But what if? But um, how do you find quiet in a noisy world? So you have to um, not. You have to. How do I say this? Um, integrate God, or you have to become integrated into the life of God. Yes, not because oftentimes we are trying to integrate God into our life. You know, and for crying out loud, we have 24 hours that we are complaining is not enough. So the idea is to integrate your life into God. Do you understand? So it's about taking, that's what God was. He says, um, I'd like us to read that, um, and I'd like you to read it for me, because it will, you will get it. Message translation, Romans 12, 2. 12, 1, 1 and 2. Okay. Should I? Yes, please, go ahead. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, going to work, walking around, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. That's powerful, right? That's, that's just it. That's just it. Um, I think it was the, the, in the last circuit we had, um, um, Cora was asking me, how do you stay sane in a crazy world? Like, in the, how do you stay sane in a, in a crazy world like Lagos? And mm. I'm like, I live from the spirit. Like, I'm con- it's about being conscious. Consciousness. 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 <laughs> it's all spiritually. It's about being conscious, like being, you know how we used to have imaginary friends? Eh? Well, um, growing up. Another privilege. Okay, growing up. Okay, growing up. Let me, okay, growing up, we used to watch in films. Okay. How people have imaginary friends. Like they are conscious of a presence around. That is how, that is how we should be with God. Yeah. That is how we should be with God. We are conscious of us to the point of thoughts. To the point of thoughts. We are conscious of his presence to the point of thoughts. So if you are, if you are consumed with the thoughts of God, you, your speech becomes prayer. Everything you do becomes prayer. Um, I think it's uh, Ephesians 3.20. It says um, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly. Above all, we can ask or think. So what that means is that our thoughts... Our prayers. So, so oftentimes we are looking for a special time to really think about God. To be in the mood, of prayer. <laughs> you know. But our thoughts are actually prayers. Um, just want to give um, some feedback. I love, I love what you said about the um, executing aggr- uh, excessively, and then. Um, how you tied it um, or ended it with saying that um, at the end of the day it's not about 
your goals or meeting on your goals, but um, what, who you becoming who you are meant to be. And I never thought of it that way. Um, so it's just interesting to hear you say that. Say that, and now it makes me think of the goals that I set out to achieve as more of an outward expression of what I carry in me. So I'm not setting goals because I need to prove anything to anybody, mm. right? I'm operating from a place of rest, knowing that God is already pleased with me and he has deposited himself in me. So um, the gifts that I have, I use that to whatever capacity. And then, um, yeah, basically what goals that I set, set out to achieve are just ways of um, displaying the level of excellence um, that I want to, you know, let the world see in the, with the gifts God has given to me. I thought that was really awesome. Amazing. Thanks. You're welcome. So you see how that takes the pressure off you? Yeah. The pressure of performance. If there's understanding innovation, God is my audience and he's already pleased with me. So yeah, Nelson wants to say something. Okay, Nonso um, also, also has something to say at the back. Um, some, um, some kind of contribution to what you were talking about, um, saying, talking about pregnancies that didn't, you know, turn to stillbirth and all that. So I've been a, yeah, let me say, victim of that, waiting for things to be great and perfect before. Uh, for having that perfectionist, <laughs> some of us creatives, and so we are like that, we want it to be perfect before we get it done. So what I've learned over the years that um, you just have to do what you need to do. It only gets better and better and better. So like I realized that I should have been in music production for a very long time, even sound production for as far back as almost 15 years now, but I didn't do anything because I needed, I wanted some things to be in place and all that. But man, I grew older and I just realized that, okay. So I decided to do the first song with just a couple of stuff. And if I look back now, I realized that, that if I did not start, Right? I won't be as good as I am. That's just the truth about things. If you don't start doing what you need to do, you won't grow with it. It's the same with every other person who has achieved something in life. They tell you, oh, if you're able to trace their story back to when they started doing whatever they're trying to do, you see how it was not so great. Now, and now it's so great. And so, you know, so it's something that we need to really, really talk ourselves you know, to just get into whatever we feel we have in our spirit and we want to do, just go ahead and just do it. It will help. If you make mistakes, just keep it. You only learn how to do it better the next time. Yeah. Amazing. And you find that where whatever as whatever becomes better is only a promise of what what can you know what can be improved upon or what can be and that's perfection. Took the words right out of my mouth. Perfection. I was going to define perfection based on what you said because a lot of the time people get anxious, especially creatives, and they think it's about being perfect, but it's just some level of anxiety. But I'm seeing now that the definition of perfection is just consistency, more or less. It's not getting it right the first time, but it's constant improvement over consistency, time. Consistency, that's it. That's the character of God, consistency. I mean, for, for instance, musicians, there's what is called a remix, right? Is what is called a repress, right? So for a writer, for instance, you can for for a writer you can have volume one, volume two, volume. So that's the that's what it means to, to be perfect, really, guys. So breed. 
No, so. Um, all right. Um, pretty much everything I wanted to say has been said, but. <laughs> but um, just in. Okay, well, I, I just feel I should still add something. There's something in particular that you said that really struck out to me. Uh, okay, um, it really struck me like um, when Cora asked you, "How do you live in? How do you live sane in such a place like this, especially in Lagos?" So I think um, your response was really, really beautiful. Like living from the spirit uh, because uh, I think I've told you a couple of people this that Lagos is a very superficial city in the sense that uh, there's just something about this place sometimes that is somehow in the sense that you there's this almost especially on the island here it's more on the island here than on the mainland they almost as if people try to impress like over some over rubbish. And I'm sorry to say, over rubbish. Like things that don't make sense. You know, ah, okay. Okay, because this person is in an Uber, this guy took bus. Okay, like a very typical example. When I first came to Lagos last year, um, my cousin asked me which phone do you use. I said I use an Android. They laughed at me. I said, ah, now small, small, like, like basically brush it. And this guy, I'm older than this guy. Yes, <laughs> you understand? So the guy was brush it off. Like, nah, it's not Apple. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, okay. So then I went out again with another person again. That both of us, like, we know this person. So the guy now, I told the guy, hey, okay, we went to shop right the palms. And I said, hey, I forgot my phone. The guy asked me what makes the phone. I said, uh, he's in Phoenix. The guy said, I bet they don't go to Tifa, where go? You understand? But he now told me later that it was a joke. But I noticed that, um, not just from them, from other people too, it's almost like, you know that kind of thing, and if you allow those kind of things, they begin to get to you. Yeah. You understand? And even apart from that, self, even like, like almost like where the person lives. Okay, where do you stay? Um, Lekki, oh, okay, Lekki, okay, that's nice. Um, where do you stay? Where do other person stay? Okay, you stay on the mainland. Mainland, that, guy, that's long distance. So, uh, hey, all those kind of things. So, I feel like it's more here, Lagos, uh, on the island than even on the mainland itself. So sometimes people fall into this, like trying to impress, you know, you see somebody, the person doesn't have, maybe now they're like, a head, they're packaging, you know, like there are some ladies that used to live six or seven in the room in Oniru. Or they come out and you know they're packaging you know, island is island is island is island. So <laughs> no, no, but it's the truth. So I mean, so that living from the spirit is very, very necessary. I mean, I think the beginning part is really nobody really cares. That's just the truth. Nobody really cares. You understand? Nobody really cares. That's just the truth. Nobody cares. And the people you think that, oh, oh, I mean, what's the worst that will happen? They will just be like, ah, okay, this person, this person is not, maybe it's not their particular kind of class or anything, but I mean, God loves you. That's what matters the most. And I think that if you really, really like digest these things, you know, like, like lately now, you know, I'm beginning to really, really like, you know, like always like tell myself, hey, I'm loved. It's very, it's very, very important. It's a consciousness that we're supposed to have, because I mean, it, I mean, because if without that consciousness, you begin to, I mean, you begin to get some, you, you begin to pick up some rubbish and some weird mindsets. 
I and Jeffrey were discussing one day when we were going home. He was saying that he refuses to allow some of the things that are prevalent in this Lagos take root in him. That you have to choose. And it's very true. You have to choose. It's a, it's a choice something. You have to really, really choose. Right. Very Technically, Lekki is not an island. <laughs> No, no, technically, Lekki is not an island. Yeah. Where we are is not an island. Uh-uh. Anyway, guys, I mean, what you said is really profound, you know. Um, Dialing back or living from the spirit, it would help. One of the things I've realized, uh, and I know that's probably, probably an unpopular truth, is that um, this, the solutions to, our, solutions to our mental maladies, our mental health issues, are more spiritual than psychological. And um, a lot of people do not want to hear this, but this is the truth. They're more spiritual than psychological. So you want it to be explained, you want it to be, but what about if you just rest in the knowledge that you are loved? And like Pastor Fede will say, therapy is good though, <laughs> but I mean, it is what it is really. It is what it is. Speaking, you said something about choice, choosing. And he said, Jeffrey said he chose to. So when it comes to intentionality, intentionality starts from the place of that decision, not when the action is carried out. So intentionality is not necessarily about the things, I know what I'm doing, no. It's about choosing. Because when the rubber hits the road, there'll probably be no time for you to think and, so it is what you've already stored in cloud that will come out at that point of impact. So intentionality starts from the place of choice, not action. God bless you guys. Jeffrey. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.